Gary was getting ready to start writing his seventh book. The problem is, is that Gary had not actually self-published his first book yet. And this was a huge problem. That's the reason why today we are going to discuss self-publishing mistakes to avoid. This is Chris Baird from selfpublishingmadeeasynow.com where self-publishing doesn't have to be so hard. The thing was, it was several months ago and Gary was starting on his very seventh, his seventh book. He wanted to become a best-selling author and in fact, he knew the books that he was producing were some of the highest quality books in comparison to other books in the fantasy genre where he's been writing books. The problem was he wasn't able to get this because he wasn't putting his books on the market. But the thing was, he was a great writer. I had looked at some of his writings. He had me take a look and I, I had scanned through some of his writings and he, he could also was prolific. He was able to write these books very quickly. The books fit together. The books had great storylines. Everything was very exciting. And the problem was he, was, he was worried because if he didn't get these books on the market, he wouldn't find his audience and he wouldn't live his dream up, which is becoming a best-selling author on Amazon. And he began to wonder if maybe the issue was that his books were not high enough quality and he needed to just edit them a few more times. So his first thing was that he wrote his very first three fantasy books and they were amazing, right? They're almost like Lord of the Ring, an epic story with, with all sorts of characters and things going on a journey, very, very exciting stuff. They were incredibly high quality, but as he finishes his third book, he was still going through, well, of course, editing, because everyone knows you don't want to put a low-quality book on the market. So he was going through, I think, may have been the 10th or 15th round of editing, something like that. But the fact was, he was still finding mistakes and sending it to different editors, and they were finding issues that needed to be corrected, because after all, in order to be a bestseller, you have to have a perfect book. At least that's what Gary was thinking, right? The second obstacle that Gary faced was that he had written, he started writing, actually went into it and written this fourth through his sixth books and had placed his order for the cover for his very first book. When he got the cover back, it was almost fine, but there were some changes that needed to be made. So he sent it back into the people. And after he had gone a couple of rounds back and forth with the cover designer, he realized that none of these covers were really all that great. So he decided to go with another cover artist because after all, if your cover's not any good, we're also not gonna sell any copies of your book. And so he had finished his six books. And of course, you know, with the editing of the first book and the cover back and forth on that very first book, uh, which, if they're not perfect, you know, you would have a, you were definitely going to have a problem. And so it was at this point that he downloaded my absolutely free self-publishing secrets checklist, which you find below in the, in the description. And he started working through the checklist and seeing the orders of order of the steps and realized, whoa, I, you know, you've got the formatting, you got all these other things. And it is true that editing and ordering your cover are also on the checklist, right? But he was stuck editing. And one of the first things is we started emailing back and forth because he joined my email list here. And so we were able to communicate and figure out what exactly was going on here. And the first problem we had was that he was a perfectionist. It's, I'm sorry, you know, Gary, that, uh, you know, he was a perfectionist. And so as we were going back and forth, he suddenly quickly realized he was never going to get these books on the market. It was, wasn't going to happen, you know? So I don't know if maybe when he hit his 10th book or 15th book, that maybe the first book would be good enough to get onto the market. And so this was one of the huge mistakes in, in self-publishing, both within the cover and the, and the editing phase, but the cover is actually at least reasonable to do a little bit of back and forth. But his, his 
his original cover looked just fine. It looked like the best covers that were selling. That some people, this is a common mistake too. They go for a cover that really doesn't match the genre that they're in. So if you're going for a Lord of the Rings sort of a thing, and then you're going to put out a cover that looks like, I don't know, some romance novel, well, then it doesn't make any sense to your readers. So I definitely would get a new cover for that. But his covers, like, oh, look great. I mean, he was going through a real professional designer. He wasn't trying to, you know, have his children do draw some cover for his book. So it wasn't a problem with the cover. And in fact, the the title, it was a, it needed a little bit of changing, but after we discussed it, that was another common mistake that authors make, is, is that you choose a poor title for your book, a title that does not match exactly what the book should be doing. But he chose a title then that did was a good fit for his genre. It matched a little bit closely using some of the keywords in the subtitle. So that was also just fine. And the thing was, is that by not getting this book on the market, it is our next major mistake that's made, which is we're not getting feedback from our audience. But the thing was, for Gary, in the Gary's case, it wasn't a problem since he knew exactly what he would do with his books. So it didn't matter what his audience would do with those specific books. So whether or not they, you know, I mean, he knew his audience would probably just choose the same books that he would. The covers that would attract him would attract his audience. The only problem is, is that's never how it works. Uh, you, What you personally like may or may not actually coincide with what your audience likes. And the only way we know is by actually testing to see what your readers are willing to do. First of all, if we want to test the cover and the title and the reviews, this combination, we and, and that they click, the only way we can find that out is by running ads. It'll tell us exactly how many of these things were put in front of our audience, how many clicks did, how many impressions did we get? That was in front of people's eyes. Uh, I think on my ads, I just recently checked, we're up to 120 million impressions. That's how many times they've been run. And then how many clicks did we get on top of those those impressions? And then how many sales did we get? So we're able to see exactly, are at least people interested in our cover or title clicking in and then and then moving forward. But, but again, for Gary, he wasn't ready to move to that phase because the book was not perfect. And, uh, and and for him, it was just a really sticking point because maybe it was the issue of being embarrassed that the book would get out. Even though I thought the book was great, I, I've, I've skimmed the book, it looks fine from a fantasy standpoint. And the thing is, without people testing it, we don't know what our ideal reader is actually going to do. And without running Amazon ads, we're not going to be able to test the title and the cover to see if those are good enough to attract the type of people we're looking for. And sometimes another mistake is just giving up on the ads too early. Like a lot of my clients, I go back and forth with recent coaching sessions on this exact issue, which is sometimes we need to put that little blurb in there where you actually, in the ad copy, the sales copy you write for the ad, you're able to put in something that would help your audience understand an epic adventure, for example. And so, but again, for Gary, he couldn't do that because you can't run ads against a book that isn't for sale. And he was finished with his sixth book, you know, thinking about this whole seventh book. And the thing was, is that for his motivation, it started to go down. Because surprise, surprise, he was very motivated to write the books, but then in getting them to sell, he found it very demotivating, the idea of actually getting them on the market. But in his mind, he told himself he was definitely going to do that. And so he agreed that maybe he would t do this. The thing was, is that the ultimate obstacle that he was facing was that he was tempted to get on that seventh book because he had an amazing story. He knew exactly where the story was going to go at this point, and he just didn't want to lose that, right? And after all, the first book he could put out later. And, and, that, and that was the, the big obstacle that he faced. And the solution that he came to was he decided, okay, I'm going to stop writing more books. And in reality, we only need books that are going to get us between three and five stars. Then our audience can at least start reading our books and telling us what we, they like or don't like. And if we want to ignore our audience, that's definitely 
an option, but it's something that we definitely need to consider. And the thing was, is that Gary continued working through this process. He was able to get his very first book on the market. And when he ran the Amazon ads, he saw some things he needed to change in the title and cover, just a little bit of a tweak and started seeing some of these sales coming in, which was a very important thing because he had worked through all of the common mistakes that self-publishers make when you're getting started. And in his case, perfectionism was the thing. Now you might, I have some clients who rush through the process and will put it out in a week. And I'm like, look, even that is okay. We just wanna make sure the next book is better. We want to be improving, but how can we improve if our books aren't even on the market? And that's a really big challenge. But in the case of Gary, he was also looking at the problem, which is not using the correct keywords by using KD Spy, my affiliate link in the description that I use specifically to figure out which keywords are going to be great to use inside of the subtitle and the title. And that's one reason why you're going to want to check up here and how to use keywords on Amazon KDP.